You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to the Morning Startup, where we believe you can develop neural pathways that will awaken you to a full heart and clear mind. Live with joy, health, and success. I'm your host, Michael Oliver, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Deborah Dyack and Maria Gosher. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. <laughs> Why didn't... Well, I tell you, these these weekly podcasts are really getting exciting. And I, you know, last week we did some cool stuff. Um, our listening audience gave us some really, really cool feedback. So thank you all for doing that. I'm glad that you're finding the topics that we're choosing uh, interesting. Uh, really appreciate your posts on Facebook, letting us know that that's uh, that that lets us know that we're uh, in the right direction. And I just want to throw out there that. If there are topics that you really enjoy, you can put them in the comment section on Facebook and we'll see them and we can direct our attention to those. So um, if there are things that you, you would like uh, to hear talked about, you know, this is a very conversational format. So we would really uh, enjoy hearing from you and letting us know what, what your thoughts are as well. Uh, today, we, um, as we always do in our meetings, we always talk about what our uh, what our topics are going to be for the podcast and today's episode is called "Be Like a Tree," and we thought that would draw some curiosity, but I also thought that it would be kind of cool to to kind of open this up with a discussion about in a conversation about what that really means. So while we were kind of rolling around this whole topic uh, about uh, how is it that we're going to title this "Be as a Tree." We were talking about equanimity, and that has to be doing with being in a in a state of calm. And Deb was reminded of a poem that had to do with calmness and equanimity, and and it, it was built around an an analogy of or using trees as a metaphor. And so while Deb was kind of thinking about, geez, you know, where is that poem? And I like to try to find that poem. I found a poem uh, that had to do with Trees by Ram Das, and I shared that with the team, and Marie and Deb really liked it. So I thought that um, I would I would kick off this conversation today by sharing that poem by Ram Das. It's it's more like a poem quote, if you will. And those of you who aren't familiar with Ram Das, um, he was really big in the '60s, uh, kind of the baby boomer group would would be reminded of him. But he wrote a book. Um, called Be Here Now, which had to do with really what the mindfulness movement is, is today. Uh, it was a, a well-known, uh, well-known book. So he's a psychologist and author. He's a spiritual teacher. And uh, I'll read to you this really brief quote, quote, and then I'll kick it off to uh, Marie and Deb to get their thoughts on it. When you go out into the woods and you look at trees, you see all these different trees. And some of them are bent. Some of them are straight. Some of them are evergreens. And some of them are whatever. And you look at the tree and you allow it. You see why it is the way it is. You sort of understand that it didn't get enough light, and so it turned that way. And you don't get all emotional about it. You just allow it. You appreciate the tree. The minute you get near humans, you lose all that. And you are constantly saying, you are to this, or I'm to this, or to that. 
that judgment mind comes in. And so I practice turning people into trees, which means appreciating them just as the way we are. So, Deb, Maria. That's awesome. I'll just jump in. It's a perfect poem because we are talking about equanimity, about the calmness of the mind. And Ram Das practiced bhakti yoga, which is the yoga of devotion. And I believe that it's so true that when you get into the dark spaces, you don't tend to grow. And we uh, were thinking of stories about what we're witnessing right now about this idea of calmness and being able to keep mental composure. And I think that is the thing right now that is going to help all of us get through these trying times is just to remain connected to others and realize we're all connected and understand that at the deepest level and that it starts with us. I I was sharing, and I know all of you have stories, and I'd love to hear everyone's stories. Um, I was taking a walk, and that helps me center myself. I take walks every day. I need to be out and walking and moving. And there was this young man that pulled up. I don't know what they're called, the technical term. It looked like a monster truck to me. I don't know what they are, but a big, big old black truck that came barreling in right in front. Um, I was walking past a gas station. And I guess at the last minute, he decided not to get gas, but turn around and go back onto the main road. As he was barreling to the road, a young girl had just finished filling her gas and, and didn't see him coming around the corner and naturally was going towards the exit to get onto the main road to leave. And he was extremely upset because she accidentally cut him off. And I do believe she had the right of way anyway, going straight, but it, it, it really disturbed him so much so that he jumped out of his truck and he was so angry. His muscles were all stiff. I don't know if any of you ever remember the Hulk when, when he was turning into the Hulk. Oh, yeah. I was starting shaking and growing. I mean, this guy was turning into the Hulk, literally. And he, he ran up to the car. He's screaming at her. And she's like, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. And then I think she got a little angry at the end, like, leave me alone. Well, he jumped back into his truck, and then I don't know how far it went on, but he was on her bumper following her all down the road. And and I'm just thinking that is the cause of so much anger right now, or, or the anger is the, the cause of so much um, of ripping our roots apart. We need to just pause and take a breath. And understand it's okay and and to try to put yourself where the other person, like if you would have taken two seconds to say that really ticked me off, but she didn't see me. She didn't know, so okay, let it go. Let it go. Um and I and I think that is what I'm seeing right now. Um extremes, people being compassionate and understanding, and then the other extreme is things happening in this world because people aren't thinking through this equanimity, this stay calm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What was your story, Maria? Uh, So I had a similar situation uh, to the road rage 
uh, story that you had uh, where um, I was young at the time, very young, and uh, there was someone following us behind us. And I don't know what happened, but he got out of his car as well. And um, after following us for a while and approached us with the two by four board, um, oh, throw it in a car. Oh, um, and, uh, Unbelievable. So yeah. Um, and, and a child in the car. <laughs> yeah. Traumatized. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, it's, it's something that's pretty common, unfortunately, I think, is the road rage scenario. It, I mean, is. it doesn't get to that extreme, but, you know, sometimes it does. And uh, the whole let it go concept um, is like, yeah, just got to let it go. I know when I'm driving in my car, it's a perfect time to practice patience. Um, <laughs> and so whenever Absolutely. I say, oh, that on my tail or they cut me off, just identify it and let it go. Because you know, it's just not worth stressing over. Um, you know, I find what I find, and I so agree with you. And what I think about when I hear you say that, that there's something, at least on that, I don't know, it could be other things, but just that part of it, there's something about us is not wanting the people to get ahead of us. Or, you know, so I think that that's just, uh, you know, like a microcosm of something bigger, right? Because if you're mm-hmm. able to maintain a state of calmness, you're going to be able to do that whether you're driving or whether you're talking to someone else and they say something that you, that, that quote unquote is upsetting, you're able to, you know, stay in that place of calm. But I've noticed when I, when I would be driving and let's say that I'm going to, um, like I'm driving in, in, there's a car, there's a car behind me and they'll race like they will go super fast to try to get ahead of me to get to the exit. Yeah. Instead of just stay behind me. And in about two minutes, they'll be at the exit and they can exit. Mm-hmm. And there was no traffic behind them. Yeah. So it isn't like, you know what I mean? So they're behind me, the exits in front of me, and then they have to go super fast just to be able to get in front of me to get off the exit and there's something. And then, but then what you have is people then speed up and try to, you're not getting it in front of me. And, and, and then the other person ends up having to cut them off, but there's, but, and then I'd be thinking like, why couldn't you just stay behind? Right. So it's that idea of there's just something. And I don't know if it's human nature, or, but it's like, like cutting in line. It's like, I understand that it isn't right for people to cut in line, but it's like, okay. I mean, you know what we talked about? Um, we talked about with breathing, one of the most important parts of breathing is the pause. And I think in our lives, if we can take that concept and learn in our living to take that pause to think. For example, I learned um, when we were learning about paradigm shifts that a man, and many of you have probably heard this story, but it really made me go back to the pause. Every time I see someone doing something that I think is crazy, is disrespectful, someone being angry, someone, um, anyway, a man was going up a hill driving. A man was coming down the hill and yelled, pig, pig, pig. So the man driving up the hill was like, why did he call me a pig? And, and started to get all upset. He got into that emotion of anger. And then when he turned the corner, as he continued up the hill, he saw a pig running loose down the road. So the man was trying to help him and warn him, 
But what he heard was something completely different. And I think that if we could stop and take a few moments in our life, that pause, and try to put ourselves in someone else's shoes just for two minutes, I think it would change the world. For example, when you go to a store and, and someone's very rude to you, you're trying to return something and you think the cashier is very rude, instead of thinking, wow, this young person may, or old person, may have had a really bad morning. Maybe uh, they lost someone important or someone left, or they've got bill collectors calling, and they're trying to get through a very bad time. We immediately personalize it, and we become angry, and, and this anger feeds her anger or his anger and feeds our anger, and it doesn't. Instead, you could change that whole mindset of that person by saying, you know what, you have a wonderful day. Thank you so very much, and I hope your day gets better. That could change someone's life. So that pause that we talk about, I think, is something we should remember when we're thinking of equanimity. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if anyone has a, to add to that. Yeah, I think the pause is important too. Like where you know people get angry or very reactionary with their emotions, um, generally it's probably triggered from something right that's not even in the context of whatever it is that's going on. Um, and whether that is something that is some you know habit or pattern from it could be years ago, um, and maybe they didn't you know work through that. And then something there's something that triggers that emotion to spur. Um, and a lot of people don't know where, you know, that might come from. Um, and so I think, you know, being mindful of what your emotions are and recognizing if it's absolutely, is that so, an emotion? And it comes back to curiosity. You have to ask yourself, you know, how do I feel? Why do I feel like this? Yeah. yeah. And do I, I want think, someone to change me? I'm sorry, Michael. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, no, you're good. I, I think you're hitting on some really cool points here that links back to, other things that we've talked about and is also becoming a theme. It it, it, we always talk about our touchstones in mentation, which uh, these are all part of it, but you know, Deb talked about personalizing it. That stood out to me, how we personalize information. We don't need to be doing it. We not information, but behaviors. Like we don't need to be personalizing things. And I think that, that that's a really strong thing. You said Deb, because it's like, once you, once you become unattached to it, then, then you're not going to be affected in a negative way. It's the attachment to it and, and personalizing it. Then you internalize it and all the not so good stuff happens. The other thing I thought about Maria that you were talking about is self-reflection. It's the ability for people to move into self-reflection. I thought about how much you journal, but so all these things that we're talking about, it it's gives people an opportunity now to start employing some different methods that they're not typically used to doing in order to have that state of calmness that will allow them to take a couple of breaths, to detach from the situation, not personalize it, and then watch as an observer, what is the outcome? Right. Right. I think we would have a lot less distress and a lot less craziness happening around us. Mm -hmm. Well, I believe that once you personalize it, it becomes a virus. It becomes a, a poison. 
And, and, and like the trees we were talking about that don't grow in the dark, that suddenly you, you become in the dark and, and you're no longer growing. And, and I believe in all of, I know after talking with Michael and Maria, we believe that anger and um, hate, they're a far worse virus. And I know we've said this before, but it is true. It does spread in you. It starts out as a little thought and then you build on that thought until it completely consumes your happiness. It takes all your happiness and joy away. So when you feel that, it, uh, to get to that pause is to take a deep breath and to shake it off and to do what Michael said is uh, to detach from it because it is consuming and, and we can control. It takes, it takes will and it takes effort. It takes focus to um, get rid of that negativity, but it, it doesn't serve anybody. Mm-hmm. And you can change lives by turning it around, by being positive. And so, you know, some people might be wondering, yeah, well, okay, so how do I do that, right? Because in earlier podcasts, we, and what we do in the company is we talk about neuropathways, we talk about habits, we talk about behaviors. These things, a lot of times people are running on autopilot. They're more reactionary than responding. Exactly. So do you think that like, and I'm asking this for our audience because I know we have this in our in our repertoire, but things like learning a quick breath technique, um, you know, the, the kind of like, what do I have in the toolbox that I carry with me every day that I can pull out that'll, that'll give me that pause? Like, is it three breaths? Is it, I mean, are there things that people can do to help mitigate some of that? You know, how do you, you know, a reaction is just what it is. It's a reaction. How do you, how do you get to the part where you actually get the pause so the reaction doesn't turn into something? I agree. Yeah. And people don't realize, a lot of people, we, and I'll say we, we don't realize that we are in control of our emotion. When I say, like, Maria and Michael got me really mad. No, they didn't. My thoughts about it got me right, mad. Right, exactly. They, they, didn't, yeah. they don't control what I think and what I feel. I control yeah, it. That's so, point. you know, you are absolutely right. If people don't know that or, or forget that, I think we forget it, that we are in control of, of our mind, that, that we, um, what you're saying is to develop a toolbox where what breath works for me or I didn't even realize breathing could take that away. Right, right. But it can, so just so you know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, good, cool, cool stuff. Um, I, you know, as I hear you describe these things, Deborah, I think that in order to, you know, this stuff doesn't happen automatically, right? I mean, you just don't all of a sudden become a calm person or you just don't all of a sudden say, exactly. I heard this podcast and these guys were talking about being, you know, more calm of mind and I tend to be a hothead. Uh, Okay, so I'm just going to turn that off and then they pull out and someone cuts them off and then they blow up. So I think that to your point, it takes work and time. People have to stop and say, I am going to do something differently. So like anything, cooking, you have to learn how to cook, right? You have to take time to read the recipe. (laughs) And this work is no different. If you want to learn to be of calm mind, then read the recipe and practice what you're learning. 
right? And the recipe would be a breathing technique or a meditation or something about around mindfulness, um, those type of things that can be that can be calming. So, good stuff, Maria. Do you have anything? We're we're gonna we're gonna wind this down right now. I know this is a little bit of a shorter one, but we want to pick it up in the next episode because there's so much information to talk about. We got some more things to talk about in terms of being a tree. <laughs> but so, but before I kind of um, uh, you know pause us uh, and prepare us for the next episode for next week. Any thoughts, Maria, before we, we do that? Um, I guess my kind of closing thought is I think a lot about Brene Brown's work where she talks about vulnerability yes. and shame. And, you know, if you want to, uh, you know, improve how you react to things, you might have to look at some dark places and that's going to be very vulnerable feeling. However, the irony is that vulnerability is also the starting point for growth. So, um, you know, I love that. This is exciting. Yep. Cool. Thank you. Final thoughts, Deb. I'm, I'm excited to continue the conversation on the dark spaces and how they eventually bring us into the light. Awesome. Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us. We'll look forward to, you know, hearing your comments, uh, share with us your thoughts, and uh, we'll continue this conversation next week. Thanks a lot for joining us. Take care. Bye for now.